Are y'all ready to hear it? What is that quote? We're off. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's like a speck in my tea and I was inspecting it. Well, on that note, I haven't looked at this quote yet. So so how can it be on that note then? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming at you hot off the press. Hot off the kettle. There you go. Here we go, guys. Talking to plants is one way of talking directly to spirit. This is by a person named Rosemary Gladstar. Now that's a name. Now that's a name, Emily. <laughs> wow, what a wonderful introduction. You know, actually, you were the one who told me to talk to my plants. Well, yeah, because it's CO2 and they need it. And then they give you back the oxygen. It's kind of like a... I don't have anything else for that. I'm really tired. I don't have any great original metaphors. But speaking of great original metaphors... Renaissance Pals! That's the podcast you're listening to. That's Emily, and I'm also Emily. I'm going to do the introducing so she can sip her tea, because it's very important right now. We are low on energy, but high in spirits and warm drinks. We're talking today about creating on social media. Yes, that is what we're talking about. If you can't tell, we didn't prepare much for this episode. Mostly because Emily was like, hey, what should we prepare for this episode? And I was like, we can just do it off the cuff. You know, to be honest, I'm a little bit anxious about it. I normally have notes for things. Well, your notes here are your life experiences. Oh my gosh. So let's begin. Okay, so what are the different platforms that you've used to be creative on? I know we've discussed really ancient blogging websites before, mm -hmm. but what else? Are Go. we saying historically or currently? Historically and then currently. Okay, I'll try to do it in chronological order. The original was paint. MS Paint? <laughs> It's not social media. Oh. <laughs> if we get into, like, programs and applications, we'll be here all night. Sorry, I had to cough. I apologize. You're fine. I'm phlegmy. I was sick. <laughs> she uh, was sick with allergies? I was sick with allergies. I do wash my hands. We are in the midst of a public health crisis. Because America doesn't understand it's 20 seconds. I don't. I think it's the whole world. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but it technically is here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, so what blogging websites did you use? I think the first one was Zanga, mm -hmm. and we mentioned that Didn't last I? episode, I believe. Yes. And then I graduated to Blogger, or mm -hmm. Blogspot. I'm not sure which one you would call it. Who gives a shit anymore? But I literally had... Four or five different blogs. I think mm -hmm. it would be every year I would just want to refresh and I would name it something new. It was normally from some kind of like indie song lyrics or something. Like mm -hmm. one of them was from the morning, which I believe is a Nick Drake song. Don't quote me on that, but I'm uh, pretty yes. sure it is. That person. <laughs> 
then another one was called Books and Blueberries. Is that another from one. song? No, that was just me thinking like, what are objects that I like? Books and blueberries. And, blueberries. and the alliteration was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? There was a couple more, and one was called Miscellany. Uh, mm. and I feel then... like you showed me that one that had like outfit pictures and stuff. No, was that, that your older I one? think that was Books and Blueberries. <laughs> so, yeah, it started out being kind of like societal reflections or just like how I feel about the world so and like emotions. Your journals, yeah. You, you just switched URLs yeah, rather than much. just opening a whole new thing and setting it on a shelf to see later. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. that's accurate. <laughs> and I like to pair them with paintings. Um, I went through like a. You're a bad bitch. Oh, yeah. I went through a big Monet phase, and slash I'm still in that phase, and will always be in that phase. Hashtag Monet for life. <laughs> Hashtag more Monet, more power. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, because I was like, ha oh, that's good. And then I understood, so I laughed hard. Thank you. See, you said your witticisms were low. I just need them they to are, be They're verbal. truly revving, they're revving up. They're, they're like my car. It's not zero to 60 in like a, a second. It's like zero to 40 and then to 50 and then to 60. You just have to get there. If it's word-based witticisms, I think I can, I can play ball. <laughs> but you can, you can hit it with the, with the, the rest of the uh, boys. Yeah. And once, once we move into like meme territory, I've seen probably like a fifth or sixth of them, and so I, I'm not as hot, hot on that you're hot, No, you're not hot on that meme. Mm-mm. I mean... You don't know your meme? I, I, I mean, I know some of them. But also, like, some of them suck. Hot take. Some of your memes suck. Anyway, so then after blogger slash blogspot, where did you go? Well, uh, I guess around that time, Facebook and Twitter were kind of popping mm-hmm. off. But that's more of purely social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Although, I do remember, like, using for, for my uh, status updates, it would be like, Emily Peebles is feeling gray, or something like that. If we'd use, like, is, and then uh-huh. the gerund, or... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the right grammatical term. Yeah, I think so. But I remember when everyone said is, and then... I was not allowed to have Facebook for a really long time, <gasps> so I probably didn't have that phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there starting with the like every single page that remotely related to you phase. That's oh, what right. And that's what we discussed last, yes, last yes. week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so those are more like purely social. Mm-hmm. Uh, although but you can still make that like a creative outlet. Yeah. And I think I like I liked making different photo albums on mm-hmm. Facebook for a while and then I didn't. Um, oh, MySpace. I forgot that one. That's mm-hmm. very crucial. Uh, I loved MySpace. But then the weirdest part about MySpace was the top eight feature. It was so stressful. Like, I remember, because this was around, like, eighth or ninth grade for me, and I had this group of friends uh, in ninth grade who I was a little bit, I was, like, part of them, but then mm-hmm. I I never felt like we had the same outlook on life. You were never life. in their top eight? Well, no. This is, it's so fucking weird. So, <laughs> we would hang out at this one girl's house a lot, like, mm-hmm. as a group, and I think I was playing the the class clown. Like, that was my role in the group. Like, I would just make everybody laugh by being dumb. Because I didn't know how to actually socialize. So I was like, I'm just going to be dumb over here. Because I don't know how to connect with you. 
So, uh, but it was crazy because, like, you know, during the course of the hangout, some people would gravitate more towards each other, and you could tell that they were just, like, having a chat, gelling, and, uh... Gelling. Gelling? Yeah. I can It just... It, I always Is picture, it? like, those weird slime things, or if you, like, put them together, they just ooze out these little holes. That's what I think about That's what the human gelling. beings do when they socialize. You just ooze into each other's holes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so people would ooze into each other's holes, and then what? And then... It would, it would change after every hangout. Like, it wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm just going to use neutral names. Like, Molly and Ashley are getting along every single time. I thought you were going to use very specific names, ironically. What do you mean? And just be like, I'm totally adding this person right now, right oh, here. Oh, no. I wouldn't do that to them. I don't think any of them would listen. Because we don't really keep up. I'm not on their top eight anymore, we'll just say that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> they still use MySpace. What nerds. So, but then, like, Molly would kind of gravitate towards Teresa the next she time. <laughs> and so, basically, they would shuffle their top eight to reveal the closeness of the hangout. And this wasn't just my group of friends. This was, like, every group of friends. It was so weird. It would be like, oh, we had a really good time, so, like, I'm going to put you as number two, but, like, my BFF, Jill, is still always my number one. My mom was the one who had a MySpace, and she just talked to her choir friends from the church Mm -hmm. and then played, like, games with them. I was never allowed to have MySpace. I mean, you kind of... There were some really great things, but the top eight thing was a very interesting social... I never got to be. Some people would just do all bands, which I really respected. They were like, fuck all y'all. My top eight is My Chemical Romance. Like every emo band. Yes. However, I was there for the weird uh, profile picture thing where I was like, uh, something about like Steaks and Buffy and slaying Edward Cullen and like that weird time where mm-hmm. I was like, Rara means I love you and dinosaur. Oh my and gosh, like, yes. I just want cookie. Like, those little, like, meme yeah. but not, like, those cringe humor mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. profile pictures. Do you remember those? I do. And the ones that would, like, sparkle. The RAR one really yes. had me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the profile pictures were Like, you... the scene days. Yeah, because I loved, like, flipping my photo so that it was, like, me upside down. You could just see my side bangs. And oh then it was, God. like really poorly colored like I would do like half black and white half all color damn but that was definitely like an aesthetic that people went for in their myspace like myspace angle that was a whole thing but and then after myspace I got really (laughs) that that opened me up to the true world of of social media I would say myspace is more similar to instagram than it is to facebook don't hurt me like this. Why? <laughs> you could also do a song. That was cool. You could do a song on your profile. I know. I I do remember that because mm-hmm. people started doing that also on Tumblr, and it was so obtrusive, and you always were like, where the fuck is this song playing? There could Which be a- tab that I have open? Which one of you is doing this? <laughs> yeah, there could be an option to where it was paused and that... Like, anyone could play it. I think that's what I went with, because it was really annoying if you visited people's profiles and all of a sudden it's like... Just screaming Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And Kelly Clarkson, I guess, is a better example. Yeah. I do remember that from 
Tumblr. I didn't know you could do that on Tumblr. It was beginning of Tumblr, like, when mm-hmm. it was, like, the light shade of blue and all this mm-hmm. other weird stuff, but, yeah, you could play songs because I remember distinctly, like, trying to figure out how to do that to my theme, and then I also was like, I absolutely cannot stand when people make me listen to their music. Mm-hmm. I want the option mm-hmm. to listen. Thank you. But that was also when I first discovered, um, like, blog-esque things with pictures, Sounds weird, but like where you can kind of lose yourself by just scrolling. Mm. And do you want to know the the thing that got me into Tumblr was? It was news. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was definitely just like, ah, oh, where's the best place for nudes? This this fucking weeb website, this emo weeb aesthetics website. Yeah. Um. Oh shoot! It was the. Um, it was the, the bucket list Tumblr, or it was like, had, it would have a picture in the background and it'd be like, before I die, that's what it was called, I think. It's like, before I die, I want to go camping. And it would have like camping, like a hmm. cute camping picture in the background and it had like the number that that was and had that oh. in there. And so... That's cute. Yeah. And then I was just like, like scrolling through oh. pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. It was a solid like four hours, something like, it was something stupid where I forgot to go eat, because I was just like, what's the next page gonna have? What will it hold? What secrets? What beautiful pictures will I behold with my eyes? Anyway, and then what did you do after that? I think it was probably Tumblr. Hmm. Interesting. And then what? Well, I don't know. Tumblr was, I remember not fully understanding how it worked. And how all the replies worked, mm-hmm. like, and the reblogs and stuff. There was definitely, a, like, a learning curve there. And it's, it's still a problem I have with Reddit. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I kind of get this, but I mostly don't. <laughs> yeah, but then there's also the other side where it's like, don't care enough to. <laughs> yeah. If it's for specific things, then I'll go and mm-hmm. research. But, yeah, I guess the Tumblr days are... Are long, long gone. Yeah, you take the tits out of Tumblr, you don't really have See, Tumblr. See, that's why I said nudes. Well, it was mostly just art in general. But then... Artistic nudes. Yeah. Speaking well, of just which... Just art in general. A fun aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I repair some of the books at our you town's... You repair nudes. <laughs> our, no, you'll see. Our town's university. Being real vague here, although everybody knows where we go. <laughs> where we go, I'm not in college anymore. Uh, are you? I still feel like it sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I repair the books that are really heavily circulated, and one of those books was sent to me recently, went by the title of Nudes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like two or three pages that were just like ripped out. People 100% yeah. were just like, well, can't get my nudes from Tumblr. I'm going to go to a library and steal them there. Yeah. I don't have to print them. I don't have to keep my phone unlocked. And it's an artistic view Mm -hmm. because it was an art book. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. You can just, like, put a painting over them, and then when you're ready to jack off, take the painting down, and they're just all, like, haphazardly taped onto that wall. No. 
<laughs> That's I thought what they would be hidden under a pillowcase or something. Or you can just hide it under your bed, and then you pull out, like, one of those hideaway beds. <laughs> Except instead of that, it's just, like, a poster board with a bunch of nudes oh stuck to gosh. it. So you just roll that out. <laughs> And you can just watch it from the top of the bed and then roll it back under when your mom That's comes the home. original Tumblr is going to the library. Going to the library. <laughs> and then leaving notes in there for other people to find and people just keep replying to notes. <laughs> That's why they're called notes. Yeah. So yeah, after mm-hmm. Tumblr was libraries. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Instagram. I think that's whenever Instagram. Instagram started in like 2011, right? Because sure. it started my first year of college. So. Yes. It Well, yeah, because I didn't, yeah, I was in chemistry, I want to say. So 2010, I think. I think it was then-ish. Hmm. Um, I guess I learned about it in 2011. Because I was really thrown aback about it. Because I was like, what are you talking about? What yeah. is this? Because I definitely did not have a smartphone that could do that. Mm-hmm. Or anything in that vicinity of doing that. So when did you join Instagram? Uh, 2013. Because my dad gave me his hand-me-down phone, mm-hmm. which was like a Galaxy S3. So it was already ancient by the time I got it. So, yeah, that was the time span of that phone. So that's when I started the Instagram. Shout out Dean. Why shout out? Because it was like the first post that I did. Oh, I've looked at your early Instagram posts. They're so cute. They are really cute. Yeah. I like your little baby. They're all like super like vignettes or vignettes. And you're wearing like red lipstick and you're like. I'm so cool. Look at this one thing of makeup I can do. And like really bad eyeliner. No, they're cute. And then I gave up and I never did makeup again. I think. You do really good makeup whenever you yeah. want to. But you treat it as, like, an event. Yeah, because, well, super aside, like, until I can find some way to clean it off efficiently and environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. I don't really care to have to use makeup wipes all the time. Yeah. Or, like, use cotton pads, because I hate the feeling of cotton rubbing against itself. It's also you could, um, why I hate crunching fresh snow. It's like the same feeling to my ears and soul, mm-hmm. and I hate it. That makes sense. Thank Both you. Like white and fluffy. It's like this. It's like the the texture together. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I think you should use, or this is what I use. It's like Doctor Doctor Bronner's Castile soap, and it's really good at breaking down the makeup. Although it does kind of sting your eyes, so you would want to use something. A little bit too much. Here's my recommendation. It might burn you and make you blind, but it's good for fashion. Well, I use I use like if I wear eye makeup, then I'll Mm -hmm. I'll use like a cotton pad and eye makeup remover. Yeah, but then then that's my my deal. Right. So if it's like I can do it with some kind of thing that I can toss in the washer or just like hand wash later. They have they have some reusable cotton pads now. But I don't want cotton. Oh. Right. You know, we could use an old t-shirt. Just cut it up. Yeah. That's what my dad does for cleaning rags. I'll, can, hey, um, <clears throat> hey, <laughs> Mr. Peebles. I don't think he's listening. He listened to the first one. He listened to like 15 minutes and then stopped. <laughs> hey, Katrina. <laughs> so I know that you're committed. I need a t-shirt. 
I'll take any kind, as long as it's soft. Thank you for now. <laughs> Thank you, Emily's face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, me not getting blinded. <laughs> yeah, but also now I work at a library with children's, and then now there's like a weird line because I feel like some people have it in their head that if you wear makeup that's too colorful, that it's like night out makeup, and mm -hmm. then if you're wearing it during the day, by the way, there's a lot of air quotes going on, then you're like a sloot. Or something like that. A but you're a children's of, librarian. A woman of the night. I don't know. You're a children's librarian, so you could totally get away with it in like a Miss Frizzle vibe type yeah. thing. Oh, have you seen? There's this art teacher who has like, I guess, what is the thing where it's like musically but not anymore? That makes me sound super old. <laughs> um, the thing with Vine energy. TikTok. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were saying before I just Vine. wanted TikTok. I just wanted you to say TikTok. <laughs> but there's this art teacher on TikTok, and she, like, has wild outfits. Like, 16 different patterns going on, and, like, puffball ears. Like, all these things. And I just wish I could be on that level. But I also don't care enough to be on that level. That's a lot of commitment. That's a lot of, like, You gotta do processes. it for the talk. <laughs> Instead yeah. of the gram, it's not the yeah. talk. I don't, but I don't take talk. I, I haven't I don't take it or talk. But it seems like it's growing in importance. Yeah, but not for me. Hmm. Which leads us into the weird stickiness of social medias and the expectations that creative people have. Mm -hmm. Because, for instance, TikTok might be growing in importance in some circles or like some spheres of influence, but, like, authors don't really need it. And, like, it could be used really well for, like, visual artists mm -hmm. because it has, like, the... It's it's literally a visual component. Sorry. I keep slamming my fingers on this table. <laughs> like, I'm Really idiot. making your point. <laughs> I know, except it's, like, the tip of my thumb. So it's, like, do you just forget that your thumb is that long? How? <laughs> it's been this long for, like, 12 years. Like, what are you doing? But, um, it, it's, it's also a conversation we've had with our friend Daisy about, like, like, all the things that you're expected to have if you want to be successful in certain fields, but what if you don't want it? It does take a lot of time to upkeep all of those oh, yeah. different For sure. medias. Because um, I've only, well, I guess I'll tell you my yeah. past. Yes. To Please not, like, do. interrogate you and then just be like, okay, let's move on to the Bow next one. Bow now. <laughs> well, let's see. I always tried to do blogs and then would, like, let it die off. And I'd be like, oh, who cares? Because it's the same thing with journaling where it's like you get so into it and you're like, yeah, this is my new personality trait. And then you just don't do it anymore. Um, so I had a kablog, which is a very niche thing. I haven't heard of that. Exactly. It was like one of those kind of in-between blog things. Hmm. Um, that was definitely like 2009-ish because I also used to post my little outfit pictures, but I would do oh, it there. Cool. And I'd be like, look at me. Because this is when you didn't post pictures with your phone, but you had a camera and then... And a you, tripod? I, I would hold... The, I think I held the oh, camera. I would like balance like, it on things. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a huge 
heavy as fuck mirror hanging in my bedroom and I would just stand in front of it like position myself how I wanted to look and mm-hmm. then use the mirror to look at the Bro- back oh, of the, the camera yeah that's and, brilliant thank you and then I'd use that and adjust it through the mirror so I could see it and then take the that's pictures that's so cool thank you it is a crowning achievement apparently in my life but <laughs> then I'd have to upload it and be like oh here's my cute outfit and then of course you'd have like the cute little spheres of people who would be like oh my god I'm so excited yeah. to see you and that's how YouTube actually used to be do you mm. remember there used to be a huge comment section on your account and you'd be able to no. talk with different people I, I used to do YouTube with my sister that was another like big social media thing what like no I did not know this are you yeah, serious we had a channel named Oogless O-G-G-L-E-S-S. Wait, why? What does that mean? I don't know. We just fucking made it up. <laughs> See, that's the time period that we made it. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. that really shows when this was made. It wasn't at the point where you had, like, your cute little influencer mm-hmm. name. Or you or had, everyone started yeah. switching to, like, first and last yeah, names. Or, yeah. yeah. You didn't have your official, like, brand name. Right. You didn't have, like, your cute pun name. You had bullshit names. That's... It's... Ugh, such an odd time. But it was definitely... Like, 2007-ish, when we were doing this. Like, middle school, early high school. So, wait, what would you guys do videos about? So, we would have to go to New York to visit my dad in the summer. And when we were there, he would have to work, of course, because we would be there for, like, weeks. Mm -hmm. And then come home. And so, while we were there, we would go with him to his construction job. So, we would, like, pack sandwiches with him and, like, also extra bags of chips and, like, stuff. And he'd go work on the house with his team. And so, me and my sister were like, I guess we're here for eight hours. Let's just do YouTube videos. And so... We At the construction site? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So, there's... We, we used to make really bad, but also really great... Um, what are they called? It... it it's not my mind's just like meme songs. It's a meme song. It's it's a it's a, a song. song. <laughs> it's a song where you make fun of something else slash just like a parody. Sp- thank you. Uh-huh. It's a parody. So we would make parody songs. Like we have this one at our house from a long time ago that's like called Science Bob, and it's my <laughs> sister all dressed up, and we did like tiny clips. And it was, like, all the different songs we had for Science Pop. Oh, was it, like, channeling the Bill Nye science videos? It was. It was, was like, we're now in the bottom of your screen. (laughs) And so we had my sister, like, standing out back. And it was when Bleeding Love was really big, I think. So it was just, Oh, yeah, yeah. So she was like, you keep breathing. You keep, (laughs) keep breathing. Air, keep breathing. And then we'd, like, cut to the next song. And, oh, oh and so I think we did, like, a Katy Perry one in the bathroom. I have to see these. I will show you them. That is but, so cute. So that's what we used to do is, like, and that was when a bunch of people were on YouTube doing bullshit things. Oh, yeah, at the construction site, we would also do, we did a, a version of that science pop type thing, but at the construction zone. <laughs> would you involve members of the crew? <laughs> no, it was just me and my sister would run around, like, we stood on top of the roof at some point. <laughs> we also created this show for the channel which was called the 30 second show but I shit you not only once was it 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) it was like a little inside joke (laughs) kind of at that point but we would just like do bullshit things uh there's one video that actually got quite a few views and it's it's back whenever we were playing or what playing we were using movie maker Mm -hmm. you know because nothing else existed this (laughs) premiere bullshit didn't happen um (laughs) 
And so we were messing with the editing because I used to just sit on this old, like, ancient ass computer, like, that was thick <laughs> and like manila envelope colored. Yeah, and so I was just like edit on that and like upload to the really stupid looking YouTube where it was really dumb looking. Mm -hmm. I can't describe it, but it was bad. And I don't think I was on YouTube that early. Oh damn. I was on a, like, the Yahoo Music train. I, I freaking never... loved Yahoo Music. I don't know what that is. I... That's fine. I'm still talking. I'm sorry. I am still telling you about my YouTube thing. Proceed. But we were editing it, and we just, like, sped up her laughing, and then <laughs> slowed it down, and then we sped it back up again, and slowed it down. Like four goddamn times, <laughs> and and um, there's also that edit where you can change the colors like to do like the whole transition through the rainbow. <laughs> so we had like the cackling and then like low muahahas and cackling and muahahas as like the colors are just <laughs> shifting through the rainbow. The original ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we uploaded that. We did have one that was. Like origami folding that got like Aww. three thousand views. Whoa! Th that's how early it was. Like from right now, it probably was. It's seven or nine years old or something like that. So it was like early enough that people were like, "I'm using this." Yeah. But yeah, so YouTube so used cool. to be very collaborative. Like you'd have your page and you would be able to talk to each other and like update each other and like change. I think the backgrounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to say. Um. So that was something we did a lot. And then I wasn't allowed Facebook until mid high school I never was able to do MySpace um I did a blog and I think I tried blogger or blogspot mm -hmm. or something I definitely attempted multiple directions with that I think I did blogger in college and then kind of fucked with Twitter but mostly did Instagram whenever Nash but you did Tumblr too that is also true. I had like 500 followers on Tumblr, something like that. Honestly, I could validate that answer, but who even cares You anymore? also did YouTube. You did BookTube for a while. Oh, I did do, yeah, YouTube Well, and you might again. slash still be doing that, right? <sighs> I don't know. It all depends. Because it was like a whole deal, and I was already watching that kind of YouTube at the job, so mm -hmm. I was in it. But now I don't really watch a lot of BookTube stuff. So then I feel like if I just randomly start doing stuff for it, I'd be very, like, disingenuous because I'm not really thinking about being a part of the community. It'd be mm. more like, I'm riding this wave that I know other people are interested in type thing. Mm, I so I think I might do more of, like, the author tube side if I did it or just, like, lifestyle-y things. Mm -hmm. But I did, like, some of the book tube stuff. Yeah. So what would you say is your current relationship with creating on social media? Now it's stressful. I have five goddamn Instagrams linked together. Five. Which ones are they? I have one for work. I have one for this podcast. I have my personal Instagram. I have my book Instagram. And I have my writing Instagram. Five. It used to be okay with three, because I was like, that's fine. This is an okay extra right. amount. But then we got four, and I was like, this is starting to feel stressful. And now I have five, and I'm like, god damn it. Every time I switch between these, I'm just like, this is so much happening right now. That is a lot of Instagramming. That is a lot of Instagramming. Well, and you also put a lot of, um, I would say, intention in, but I don't know how I'm, gonna, how I'm saying this. 
All of your captions are very well-rounded and thought out and communicative and you include all the hashtags. So I think that's like another element where it's not just like, oh, I'm going to post this mm-hmm. and do like an emoji caption. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to be thoughtful and... Like, I am not thoughtful in my personal one. <laughs> that's the one where I do the emoji caption or yeah, I do like a meme caption. But then you, I guess with the other two, yeah. like the book and the writing one, you mm-hmm. realize that there's a larger community that you're trying to connect with. Mm-hmm. And so you're very intentional about what you say. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into Instagram even, which is kind of probably why like Daisy and a lot of people don't like social media is because mm-hmm. it's not just like being out there and kind of promoting yourself or like being like this is me, Mm y'all. I'm quirky and fun. This is like a dating profile or like one of those TV shows. Mm -hmm. Like me, it's it's also like learning the platform and seeing how you can work with it because none of them just make sense. Mm -hmm. Like with Instagram, if you post something, if you don't have something that is at the top of your paragraph or caption, then that draws them in for an interaction, they're probably not going to interact with it. Also, you need to add it to your stories within a certain period of time. And if anybody comments on it, you need to interact with them within a certain period of time. Mm. Or else it's seen as your post isn't as active. And if you get more people to comment on it, that shows the algorithm, oh, people do care about this. I'll show it to more people. And it gets buried in certain ways. And then, like, if you forget a tag and then you add your tag later you're going to get pushed down in that tag's recents because technically the post was posted 12 minutes ago, not Mm -hmm. once you tagged it. And it's like all these weird things where you're like, I guess that makes sense, Instagram, but fuck you. Well, I guess that, like, brings us to the question of, of what is the goal whenever you are posting on Instagram? Is it to express yourself creatively? In which case, the... Is the need to be seen by everybody, like, truly vital, I guess? Or is it more, like, I'm just gonna post this because I feel like it, and if it doesn't work with the algorithm, fuck it. I just want this to be a part of my feed, and I want to post this on the stories because it Mm -hmm. looks cool, and I guess it doesn't matter if 200 of my followers see it or if five, because it's just a part of it. Like, what? what's the... I guess, yeah. Well, I think a big part of that is, like, your intention with that account to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, like, with the work one, I really want a lot of people to be able to see it and, like, interact with it and, Uh, like, learn about what the library has. Not only because, like, I basically pushed for the Instagram to get started and Mm -hmm. kind of spearhead that Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it would look good for me to have, like, it shoot up in followers or have X, Y, Z amount of interactions. Right. Because it shows, like, I put in the effort. And, and that also, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And... All that. But then, like, my personal account, I'll, like, today, basically, I just posted six pictures and I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll do, like, three now and three later. And it's like, I haven't posted on that in, like, a month mm-hmm. or some ridiculous amount of time before that. So it was, like, huge bursts from just photo dumping in there. Kind of, like... I'm saving it as a public album. Yeah. Which is kind of how I use that Instagram account. Right, so you're not following the rules of the algorithm. You're just expressing yourself with no um, desire for, like, immediate audience feedback. Because I'll add, like, the locations for things so that if it's something like the the garden we went to, I... I saw that the location doesn't have a lot of pictures, and I was like, oh, well, I have some good pictures. Like, yeah. I'll add it to the location thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, 
just helping them get their name out there. Right. So it's things like that where I'm like, I only add certain elements of, like, the businessy side mm-hmm. of Instagram to it if I think it can help whoever I'm taking a picture of mm-hmm. or whatever I'm taking a picture of versus, like, and the writing or the Renaissance Pals or my book one, I have to think about the tags and I'll see if, like, other people that we follow follow that tag because I'm like oh that tag's popular I'll add that tag and also you have to consider like how to get people to interact and along with the intent like yes it's good to put stuff out there with the pure intentions of I just want this to be a part of my feed or Mm -hmm. to to like talk to people but I feel like there's always going to be an odd mix and it always and it's like whenever you're doing like mixology with a, a drink you need a bunch of ingredients, and the thing that matters most is kind of the flavors that are involved mm-hmm. and the percentages. So it's mm-hmm. not that it all needs to be, like, vodka. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, like, a lot of vodka, but also you need some ice, and you probably should add some, like, a little lime and, like, a little spritz of some cranberry juice. Like, because they all work together, so it's... Yeah, it's a good metaphor. It, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I was watching uh, How to Drink or something like, like that. Two that, like, shots of <laughs> There No, there's a YouTube channel. It's like How to Drink or something like that, and he's, like, really nice and knows a lot about etymology. Anyway, hmm. side note. But, like, that idea... So, with my writing Instagram, yeah, I really want to interact with people. That is a part of it. But I also am building, technically, a brand... Because people are able to come back and look at it and see who I am, quote-unquote, within, like, the eight themes that I talk about. Mm. So I have, like, a focused identity. But then it's also, like, I do have to care about how many of the people that I interact with are interacting with me back. Because, again, it's like a whole... It's a net, it's networking. It's networking. Right. The thing that I absolutely hate... But also, kind of, I enjoy it on this level because there is, like, a creativity aspect to mm-hmm. it and also a personal aspect, yeah. which then brings me to my absolute most hated aspect of social media. Can you guess what it is? Dun, 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 dun. No, I cannot. We've definitely had this discussion, like, 30,000 okay. times. Let me, let me think of it. Okay. What do I hate most uh, and complain about every time? Oh, uh, the, the number of likes being hidden? No. No. But you... Do you want to try again? You don't like that. Okay. Oh, God. There's so much pressure. (laughs) I'm not good at tests. No, no, you're fine. (laughs) I just thought you need to remember it because this is a very passionate conversation we have. I fucking hate the follow for follow bitches. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let you haven't expressed this in like six months. You've been doing some good inner work on (laughs) it. Thank you. Uh, it's also because I haven't really looked at, because, okay, so I, what I used to do as a way to kind of grow my relationships with Instagram was every time somebody would like my picture, I would also go look at their profile, and if I jived with what they were putting out there, I'd mm-hmm. also follow them back, like, a couple things, maybe comment on stuff. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done that recently because I'm like, I'm stressed, I don't want to think about this. Also, the market is saturated. Also, there's that. <laughs> Also, I'm following a bunch of people. So then, at some point, you kind of have to cut it back down yeah, again. Like, and these so, are my favorites. Yeah. And it's like a whole deal. That's like the whole muting thing on Twitter. I'm like, but then why not just, why follow me? I, I'll, I'll we can discuss respond that. to that later. Yes. Yeah. But, um, 
yes, follow for follow is literally the slimiest, scummy thing mm -hmm. because it's not following an account because the account is fulfilling anything for you besides growing your numbers. For instance, if I look at somebody's account who liked my picture or if they liked it and then followed it or just followed it in general, like if they interacted me and I look at their account, if I see that they're just posting like weird memes or like other things that's not original content, that's mm -hmm. not what I'm on Instagram for. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram to look at nice pictures that people like put thought into mm -hmm. that are their own, that they add captions to, that they're a person behind the camera basically. Yeah. And if you don't have that, I don't want to follow you. Right. That The whole follow for a follow thing is so asinine because you're immediately putting people on your feed that you don't care about mm -hmm. you just care about the fact that they added a number mm -hmm. to your list it's very self-serving yes and so then there's also these weird loops that are like follow her follow loops where if you like or comment on it you have to follow all the other people in there oh, and i'm like weird. I get what you guys are doing. You're building technically a network, but, it's but an, there's an, a better way to do it. Yeah, it's it's just it's padding. Mm -hmm. It's not actually going out there and it's finding like people. Followers. To, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a step below because everybody's like, yeah, we're doing it together. This is great. But uh, then I'm like, okay. Are they really though? But then, uh, you're are you enjoying this? Is this something you enjoy doing? Because yeah. I enjoy when I find somebody whose pictures I'm like this shit is great, yeah. this is fire, mm -hmm. and then I just want to always interact with them because I'm like, you're an inspiration to me, mm -hmm. I wanted to keep seeing you do what you're doing, or you have such a great personality that I'm like, I don't care if you're using too much vignette, I don't give a shit, but you're amazing, like, things like that where it's like, you're adding something to my life that's not a number, mm -hmm. and that is my biggest problem with social media, is because we have a disproportionate amount of goddamn vodka in these drinks and everybody just cares about their single number nothing else they're just chugging straight vodka i just can't i can't deal i wonder too if it's if you once you get into the more like niche communities on instagram if that's a more popular practice versus it just being like Oh, I'm, I'm posting this without the intent of uh, interacting necessarily. Like, I just want it to be a part of my feed. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, it's like those people might want to be a bigger name in the community. And so they're like, well, I got to get there somehow. Yeah. And uh, it, they use that tactic. Or I, I think it might apply mm -hmm. to like, I guess we'll go ahead and open this topic now. But just... like Instagram poetry uh, I see a lot of follow for follow stuff yeah. on there um and it's it's because they can see that they, people shoot up overnight with that shit right. so, and then it's like oh look at all my numbers I yeah. get a book deal now yeah <sighs> so yeah, that's fun I, I think there's definitely a huge divide between personal Instagram mm -hmm. like that community versus business Instagram mm-hmm because that's, I, I have all of my Instagram set with the insights, so I, well, almost all of them, all of my real ones, I have it set so I can see, like, the times of day people are on more, or, like, oh, you gained the, you netted this amount of followers, you netted this amount of posts this week, blah, 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 blah stuff like that. So, like, I can see this shit. I know that you're just following and then not following me again and then refollow. I literally had somebody do that three times. They, like, followed, waited a day. I didn't follow back. Unfollowed. 
and then came back again, followed again. I didn't do anything. They unfollowed, and they just did it on and on. So, uh, whatever. I think the the root of your annoyance here is that it's an it's inauth- disingenuous. Yeah, it's an inauthentic yeah. interaction, and that's, I guess, the argument for the good things about social media is that it connects people together, mm-hmm. and so you know, across the world that would never have had the chance to mm-hmm. communicate and share interests otherwise. And so whenever people take advantage of that fact mm-hmm. and turn it on its head and treat it purely as a numbers game, mm-hmm. then it's like, you don't get the point of social connection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this isn't it. Is this This isn't six? it, hun. Oh my God. Is this why I hate it? Is it because I'm a six? <laughs> I'm like, you're using this for the wrong reasons. <laughs> So today, uh, I'll be shouting out a gal with the Instagram handle, no one knows underscore it's you underscore Miss Jackson, which, (laughs) Emily immediately caught the reference, and honestly, I'm not quite sure if this, it has to be, but she has a hashtag, hashtag on her, uh, bio that says Miss Jackson Miss Jackson's vintage family. Interesting. So, um I I'm thinking that she uses that as like a community builder mm-hmm. so that other people who are dressing in like vintage clothing can ha- tag it and then That's she cute. sees yeah. So she lives in our town and um she's a 1940s enthusiast wow, and wow. she literally every single day posts her outfits and she has, like, the same background, so it's just the outfit as the center point. Mm-hmm. And she has amazing outfit composing skills. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> she uh, does her hair as well. She does, like, victory rolls. And it should be noted that I went through quite a vintage phase in high school myself, and I kind of go in and out of it. Now I like to mix vintage mm-hmm. and modern pieces um, so that it's a little bit, like more like quote-unquote me mm-hmm. but I also really appreciate people when they go all out mm-hmm. and really channel a specific decade uh and she just has I don't know where she finds all of these clothes because they, they ain't at didn't thrift <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh it's really inspiring to look at her stuff and if you guys any of you guys like vintage fashion I recommend giving her a follow I don't, she doesn't know us, by the way. This is a little bit creepy, but I thought it would be cool to give a shout out to someone who lives It's not creepy. And... She's a public figure, and we're appreciating her public figuredness. Right. And her victory roles. Her, her, her victory roles. Her victory roles. Dash rat. Dash rat. <laughs> so, on the topic of Instagram poetry, what, how would you define Instagram poetry? I would define Instagram poetry as something that is... Actually, we haven't defined it in such a long time. Mm -hmm. I have to actually think about this a little bit. Because we took a poetry class together in UNT. But it was the study of poetry, not a uh, workshop class. I mean, I also took a workshop class, so I got to meet all those fun people. Mm -hmm. But um, That's a topic for another. That's a whole different (laughs) can. Mm -hmm. Um... But we took a, th- a theory class, so we had a whole other can of worms with that one. Mm-hmm. 
but I wrote an essay basically talking about a Instagram poet's poetry book and how it remains mostly surface level with a lot of its themes and imagery and things along those lines. So I think Instagram poetry, depending, well, I guess at its base level, poetry that is made for Instagram. So it's made to be shared. It's made to give you like a tiny, like Jolt. small feeling yeah. where you like scroll through, you stop and you're like, ooh. Like my heart. Yeah. So it, it's <laughs> stuff that you can read immediately and like get get the gist. You find that theme, you understand it. There's it's no not, subtlety. Yeah. The, it's, it's it ha, if it does have subtlety, it has like some like fun twist with words, but it's also, it's just enough like you're scrolling, you catch it, you appreciate it, you like it's like the 240 follow. characters or less. Yeah. It's it's very, like... Which, and it's not necessarily always haiku, which is... Well, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a whole different deal. But it, it's definitely something that you can consume fast, you get it, you either appreciate it or just don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And a large part of Instagram poetry, while some is really good, is that people have found that niche to be a way to skyrocket themselves, or supposed skyrocket themselves into some kind of, like, writing renown. Mm -hmm. And then I also think it's it's an interesting dimension of writing where it's kind of between two worlds because sometimes it can be, like, really thought-provoking and you think about it later, like, in your day and you're like, damn, that was a really good way to phrase that or mm -hmm. that was a really good way to get at that feeling or, like, have a conversation with these topics. But more often than not, it's usually poetry that is just kind of like, oh, that was cute. Or like, oh, that was good. But it's never something that sticks with you, I feel like. Mm -hmm. That's my take on Instagram poetry. So that, I think, leads us to the question of what does poetry serve? Because I think that there's this idea that it should mean something very deep and but then if we talk about intent these i i'm pretty sure a lot of instagram poets like their intent is to be profound their intent right. is not to just be with like, tencent words yeah, as you said yes like yeah. they're all small words there's maybe one big one and it's it like you can feel that intention when you're looking at it mm -hmm. as somebody who reads poetry or has like been in workshops with poets or done anything in the writing realm. You can tell when somebody has putting so much intent on a piece of writing because the you, mere fact that there are yeah. less a less number of words means that they hold more weight. Yeah, exactly. Like knowing poetry form and the purpose in in its entirety that is true. And so whenever you get something that's small or something along those lines, you're immediately going to think it's supposed to be super profound. And when it's not, and you're just kind of like, okay, this kind of just feels like melodrama, which is perfectly fine because that's usually how a lot of my poems, if I write them, end up being. It's just like, I'm feeling this feeling and I can't write songs because I don't own a guitar. And so I need to get this out as eloquently as possible. I can't write prose because it's not going to be eloquent. I need to do a poem. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go through and I'll write it and I'll be like, wow, good job, Emily. You let that out. Okay, let me go feed my cats. So it's like, well, that made me sound real sad. But <laughs> it, I usually do it in the morning. <laughs> That's the reason for the cats. Anyway, besides the point. 
it's, it's like, it could be because we're getting older and so we're seeing like younger people on social media a lot more mm-hmm. and we're no longer the younger ones who are like, I'm so profound. My thoughts, they make waves in the atmosphere. <laughs> like, you're, you've reached the point where you're kind of like, oh, uh, that thing, you know, the thing that's like Vine, but not Vine, the one that was musically, the one that China bought, you know that thing? <laughs> oh yeah, the TikTok. Like, you're starting to be a little bit pulled away from whatever the kids are doing nowadays. And I feel like that kind of like pulls into the Instagram poetry thing, because I feel like it's like when we would post things for the first time on blogs or on writing websites, and you were like, yes fucking got it out there. I just need someone to tell me it's good mm-hmm. so I can keep doing this thing that I secretly really enjoy, but I also just need to know I'm passable at it. So I feel like that's a large part of Instagram poetry is that it's like I just want you to tell me I'm good. But then there's like that huge divide where it's like I don't want to tell you mm-hmm. cuz I So yeah, that's a, I would say, I don't know, I don't interact with the poetry community on Instagram that much, so Mm -hmm. I don't really have a strong opinion either way. I think I, I I agree with the, the Tencent words thing, Mm -hmm. and the idea that, haiku is, is hard, like, I, I, I it is, yeah. I did a haiku a day challenge a couple years ago for a month. And it was, I really liked the, the limitation of it because I think it would, it enabled me to think of language in a completely new way Mm because I was trying to figure out different words with different syllables and to make different images. Um, But that's like a very like ancient form and the form that's used now a lot is obviously like free verse and at that point it doesn't seem to have... I think there are, like... Like, purposeful breaks? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. there are, the breaks are just too obvious. Like, it's... And uh, for those who don't necessarily know, like, uh, poetry, verbiage, breaks is whenever, obvi- like, it goes to the next line. And the space there is is normally... There's a weight mm-hmm. that the reader sees There's and emphasis feels. on the last word and the first word. Yeah, so you need to be, like careful about which words you choose and some poets like to use a lot of breaks um and that's definitely in a style Mm -hmm. but a lot of the instagram poets like you well obviously you have to because Mm -hmm. there's not there's at least three breaks but then not that much that you're saying and so each one is like supposed to be a gut punch but then it ends up being like a a blink (laughs) yeah you just, just sort of, like, blink okay. with it. Okay. 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 Yeah, I still don't... I don't interact that much on yeah. it, so I don't... I mean, it's interesting with Instagram. There's literally so many different niches. Um, the niche that I'm interested in right now is, like, the fashion mm-hmm. niche, and it's so fun. I'm. It just makes me really excited because, mm-hmm. like, I, I dabbled a little bit in posting outfits in the original blogger mm-hmm. days, um, I did like near the end whenever I finally gained the confidence to really... And then you really... switched vlogs. <laughs> well, yeah, and then uh, switched styles a little bit too. Uh, but I, I probably did like 10 or 12 total outfits and mm-hmm. 
it felt really fun because I was able to like write out this paragraph analyzing why I chose the pieces that I did and mm -hmm. maybe connect it with a song or like a nice nature photograph or something. But what's really cool to see on Instagram now is that like a lot of people are posting their outfits and not just, I, I, I don't think those people would have posted them on a blog mm -hmm. like t 10 years ago. Like I, I don't think they would have been on there. And I think that Instagram has kind of normalized um, the selfie, I guess, mm -hmm. and stripped it of its hedonism. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like that because it feels like more democratic. And it's cool to see that every single person has their own unique style. And um, it's just fun to see everybody's outfits. So it is. It's, it's cool whenever you can find little communities on Instagram that like they make you feel good and they make you feel inspired. And of mm -hmm. course, like, you need to know when to step away because consuming, obviously, too much of it at once is just like, now I hate outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wear clothes anymore. <laughs> but I think for the most part, it can be like a really uplifting experience. So I, I've sort of gone through, I've gone through like a, a bit of a time with Instagram. I went through a phase where I was just like, this is so weird and I can't get over how weird it is and I don't like this and so I was off of it for like a year and a half um, and I've slowly been using it more again and I'm I think a lot of people are coming to this realization that maybe it's not all bad and maybe it's not all good it's just somewhere in between and it's a place where people can go to connect and it's also a place where people can go and not know how to leave <laughs> and um, it's isn't that like life itself? <laughs> it's like you every... You don't know how to leave. <laughs> or you do. <laughs> yeah. But that's another topic. <laughs> that's, that's another topic, not for this podcast. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I think it's everything in moderation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I know that's such a boring answer, but it's really applicable to social media and to creativity in general yeah because that's what we're trying to do we're trying to approach it mindfully and intentionally and I think so like you cannot at this point separate social media from the idea of creativity I think that they're too interlinked now so creativity and social media hmm yes inexplicably linked you say I do say well I don't know if I want to make that bold of a statement because I think that... No, I think it's a good statement because, I mean, the whole point of social media is to connect with people and mm -hmm. is to express yourself. An easy way to express yourself is to use creativity because if you don't use creativity, how are you supposed to show the intricacies of your personality? Right, but I, I do think that there are people who are boring. <laughs> there are people who are pursuing a creative path who aren't on social media who are very valid in their pursuit and whether that's um like people who are already established in their industries like they're artists with a capital a or they've published like five books or something or they're just starting out and they're like i want to focus on perfecting my craft before getting out into the world like i think that that's a, a valid path as well and that we shouldn't be approaching it in a black and white way. Be like, social because I'm kind of going back on my student. It's like, it's the only way. Because I don't, I don't think that entirely 
But I mean, nothing is ever the only way. However, yeah. it is the highly recommended way. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but the reason why big artists with the capital A can get away with not having social media is because you know their name. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be told their name. You don't need to see who they are, anything about them. Mm-hmm. They don't need to grow a presence because they have a presence. Mm-hmm. And if you're specifically in writing, because that's the community I know, there are like editors and agencies that that's one of the first things they ask is, do you have an author website? Do you have a social media presence? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sorry, you have to promote your shit. Mm-hmm. P- you're given a small percentage. If you're a front runner for a publishing company and you're that author, they'll give you a boost because they have the funds set aside. But you're not guaranteed the greatest like promotional marketing, anything, anything like that. You get some, but that's mostly if you're a front runner. You get a little bit if you're any other part of the list. That just feels unfair, though, because there's people who it's are a, really good a, and they're not getting deals, right? Or, well, like, okay, so say someone has a skill level that's better than, and they have no social media following or low social media They'll just media tell following. you to make one. But how, and then be like, here's how you grow it, and then but then compared to someone else who's not as good but has a higher following, is the publishing company going to pick the person who's not as good? Uh, well, it depends on how big it is. That's so fucked. <laughs> that's that's a big that's such a big part of being in any creative sphere that yeah. has money involved. It it's it's going to be a lot of bubble popping because mm-hmm. we put book publishing so high up because we were we feel like books are such great things Mm -hmm. so of course all the people involved with making it also must be great they're Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. they're they're cool but like it is a business Mm -hmm. if you are for instance a lot of youtubers if you are a youtuber with a hundred k following on youtube alone and then you have maybe 200 on instagram because you're hot at shit Mm -hmm. like if you submit... You get a book deal. More often than not, if you're not shit, mm-hmm. if you submit to an agent, you'll get an agent. Because they'll just and edit then, that. Yeah, well, because you can edit it. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they will give you more critiques. Right. So there is... Well, no, I don't want to say that, like, every YouTuber doesn't know how to write yeah. a novel. Because I don't believe that. I think yeah. that, like, you can learn how to do that if you want to. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to some extent. Like, there are people who might just be mediocre and they're getting book deals because of their fame. Yeah. Or their fame has just been something that they've been working on this whole time because the book deal was their main goal and they knew it would help because they understood it's a business. So with the instance, like, the person who's really good, who is getting the agent, because that's how you get the agent, is you're just good. Or you have great potential and they're like, we're going to work on this shit that you have and make it better before we go see an editor or put it on submission. So... I'm going to say something incorrectly, and somebody's going to be like, I thought you said that you knew the writing world. (laughs) Whatever. So, like, that person who's really good, and they're getting that editor, the or the that agent, the agent's going to be the one trying to look out for them and be like, listen, son, you need a, you need an author website, you need some presence. You just need a presence. You don't need to, like, make 500 followers by the next two months before your deal. You just need to be a part of the community and get out there. Because that's literally how any business works. If you are a, a band 
and you didn't have any form of social media following, yeah, it would work in a city like this where you can go out and like do music stuff because this is a music city, mm-hmm. but you're never going to get to the point that you could. Your potential will never be realized if you don't network in a bigger way. Yeah. And that's that's that. a big part of it, which is why like I get, I get, I get it when people hate social media. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's your whole personality quirk. That's your own deal. But also there's a point, I think, that if you want to do something with your talent or your hobby or your favorite thing that you've put so much of your passion into, you're doing it a disservice if you don't try to do all the guns that you are able to do. Sure, that might be not shooting off on every platform. That could be picking your two favorites Mm -hmm. that you're like, I can fuck with this. I can do Twitter every once in a while, and I can do Instagram because I like taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you pick your two things and you try well enough, you don't haphazard anything, I think that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I think it's maybe for people who don't, like it as much, they can feel a little bit of discomfort, like being in the spotlight, or feel like, oh well, I'm not interesting enough, or something like that. But it's, um, I think it can be a form of growing your confidence to post on a platform and um, a way to almost like, I don't know, it to construct the self, I guess, in a way that is meaningful to you because you have complete control and mm-hmm. that can be kind of exciting. And, um, but I think that there's, there's literally so many elements that go into social media. There's the user, there's the world, there's the immediate world, which is like all of your close friends. And then there's the potential communities that you could be involved in. And then there's, uh, the numbers and then there's the potential to monetize if you ever get there. And why would you even want to get there? Should I get there? What? What is this? You know, like that whole rabbit hole. Uh, and that, that can in a way be really paralyzing to people and be like, well, I don't want to do this anyway. This is a lot. <laughs> um, because it's it's so many elements, I guess. But I do think that there can be, like I said earlier... I'm, I feel like I'm sort of relearning a more healthy relationship with it where it's like, okay, this isn't everything and this isn't nothing. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting boring. It's getting That's late. not boring. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's the reality of it. It yeah. is something like some people do get so into social media that they lose themselves mm-hmm. or they're like, why I'm just so boring. I just can't, I, why would anybody care? Mm-hmm. And the thing is. You're not boring unless you make yourself boring. Mm-hmm. This like, hot yeah. fucking take. I'm sorry. The amount. This is something that actually like I didn't realize. It cuts really deep and it, it pisses me off so much. Don't tell me you are boring and you can't have a presence anywhere. Cause guess what? You're the fucking YA main antagonist, protagonist, whoever the fuck you want to be. You have weird quirks that make you interesting. Mm-hmm. Every single person in this goddamn universe is interesting in their own way. That could be how you make your house a cute little pink pastel palace. It could be how you cook all of your food and somehow it always has some kind of form of cumin in it. Like, it can be something. You have something. Mm -hmm. It could be you're taking the exact same picture at the same time every day just to show how you've changed. You have something. You're not boring. If you really like taking pictures but you think you're boring, you don't, you're like, "I, I do the same thing every day. 
who cares? You can tell us about your day. You're just gaining friends. Mm -hmm. Your friends don't care. Hopefully authentic friends who won't just uh, yeah. follow you and then unfollow you well, three times. Well, then you just rant about that to yourself <laughs> or to a pet if they're available. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's the biggest nagging thing for me is mm -hmm. people saying they're too boring to do something that's meant to get them basically friends. Well, honestly... I always find the most quote unquote boring aspects of people the most exactly. interesting. Like we want to know. I want to know the small things. details. Yes. Yeah. Like I want to go through your fridge and see what shit you put on your sandwich. It's riveting. <laughs> it, it really is. It's a it's a way to show people even more parts of their personality. It's like when you watch a movie and they do a very specific small thing. Mm -hmm. Like the character is always turning one of their earrings, or they're always like. Shifting the the remnants of their tea around whenever they're nervous, like it's the tiny ass details that make you us see, human. Yes, they make you an individual person, and they differ you from the person next to you. Therefore, you are not boring. You are simply different, mm -hmm. and you have just small enough quirks that you're not seeing them because you do them every day. Mm -hmm. Different. You could also be incredibly dry witted, and Twitter works out for you because people think it's funny, or you just have. Hot takes to, at 2 a.m. And guess what? People love that shit. It's, there is something that you have that there is a small community that will enjoy it. So if your only hang-up is that you are boring, you don't have anything to contribute, you don't know where you should go, that don't, don't think about that. Just never enter into something expecting the big prize. Enter mm -hmm. into it just wanting the participation ribbon. Because guess what? That's social media. You're just getting the participation ribbon, and then every third person in the great wide expanse of anything, I, guess, I don't know, they're getting the bigger prize. And then further down to the tiny percentile where if you're hot as shit or smart as something or really fun, you get the big, big prize. Like, participation. Just work for that. And I think that's a perfectly fine goal. Mm -hmm. You know what energy you're giving me right now? Is it, is it that murder board thing? I mean, sunny. there's like a sprinkle of that, and then it's mostly like, you know, in in movies, all of the the either like the PR people or the publishers are kind of like the same. Like they just like whip into the room and are like wearing like a really like like a green suit or like, something, and they're like, like let me tell you about this, <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Thank you. I I only want to be an angry person in a green suit. That is my new goal. No, but it's great. I think it's... <sighs> I just got feelings about it. Yeah. Mostly because I feel like every friend that I am always, like, trying to push towards, like, giving themselves a platform because I'm like, you could do great things. Mm -hmm. They're always like, I'm too boring, or I feel like this, mm -hmm. or I don't want to get sucked into it in this way. And I'm like, don't think about it in that way, and you won't have that happen to mm -hmm. you. Here's my hot take. Just do these things I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Man, I don't know, because it makes sense if you've had a history of being sucked in and, like, trying to conform to something else or, like, right. comparing yourself consistently with other people. And in that That's case, you set boundaries thing. and limits. Yeah, but. set boundaries, limits, probably talk to a professional. You probably mm -hmm. have other shit going on. Like, or just talk to a friend. Just, like, get out of your head somehow, because mm -hmm. then you can see the facts easier and you can be like, oh, well, I need to work on this thing. Let me just not... Let me just delete this from my phone for a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, things like that. Yeah, because I think t taking a step back and just, like, living mm -hmm. without it for a while can be eye-opening. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of dip your toes back in and be like, maybe I know how to use this more healthy healthily now. And mm -hmm. 
I can use it intentionally or just for fun or whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be um, as all-consuming. Not, not, I just want to say caveat, like, I'm not saying that everybody has to be on social media, I'm just saying, like, I gotta burst your bubble sometimes and just be like, you really do need it for certain situations. And since this is a creativity podcast, I think it, it can be useful for people to, like, hear that, because there is, there is some truth, for sure, and the, and the realistic outlook, and, Mm -hmm. but then it's, it brings us also to a, a, something we're going to be talking about in another episode, which is success, um, and like where it all goes and what's, what's our goal whenever mm-hmm. we create, whenever we post, whenever we compose. <laughs> like a beautiful face. I love, I love your composing face. <laughs> it was it, a grimace. <laughs> is, is it close to your drawer face? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same. Mm-hmm. No, I think that was more of like, um, bordering on tears. <laughs> your tears help the pencil slide easier. Yeah, and once, what what is it what is it all for? I think is a question that comes across many people's minds whenever we're creating. Is this for a specific audience? Is this for my Instagram followers? Is this for me? You know, like is it for a combination of all of them? Yes. And normally, yeah, it is. And you can't. Now you don't have to listen to the next episode. <laughs> no, I, I think that we we really like, yeah, because. It's a whole, it's a whole slew of I have some, I have some thoughts. feelings about success and the inadequacy, mm-hmm. not being successful, which... Not feeling like you to, are successful. Who's to define that? Yeah. It you, is. How, it, how it's made it's me feel in personal. the past. No, but I think, it's uni- I think it's more universal than just my feeling. No, no, no. I mean, like, I think the idea of success, we, we make it be this huge, like, unifying, like, big thing. Like, each sect of creativity has its quote-unquote, success mm-hmm. ideal. But what if you're not in one of those sects? What if you but, want a no, bunch of them? <laughs> that's my point here. Yeah. I'm getting to it. Okay. So it's like we have, like, that established, quote-unquote, ideal, like, success litmus test. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, ever like, we've all been like, let's, yeah, that's what we're doing. Versus, like, the truth of the matter and, like, with psychology and everything, like, you're supposed to have it be... A very personal thing, mm-hmm. but we've like tried to, to. Yeah, to it's people. supposed to be. Yeah, so we've just like kind of tacked on what we're told should be success without kind it's, of it's, like doing the yeah. deeper thought, process right? Or of like it. knowing what your own personal mm-hmm. values are, yeah, and what you, um, what you like hope to. I don't know, like what kinds of qualities that you want to display every day. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that can be more meaningful than like societal success it's Mm -hmm. like oh I want to like be a kind person who's conscientious about others and the planet and um who likes to express themselves creatively like I don't know I think that in the bedroom (laughs) god (laughs) God, I hate having creative sex anyway so that's basically the podcast we are but Small beings who have differing opinions to some extent on social media. Mm-hmm. Some of us have a lot of anger. Some have more resignation. Who knows? That's life. But there is one thing that we have in common, and it is our feelings on what to say to you last. Until next time. And that is... And remember... 
Your worth is not dependent upon your creative productivity. Bye-bye. See you next week. We can be candid. We can, we can be candid. This is us being candid. Hey, Emily, how's it going? Uh, how do you feel about that episode? You feel tired? That's amazing. Um, are you are you gonna be okay? Uh, you don't have to drive home. That's cool. Riddle me this: You put a bumblebee in some hot chocolate, and what do you get? Horchata. Eh.